Hi everybody, welcome to part nine of our dental hygiene board review seminar. And today we're gonna to be going over clinical situations and instrumentation. Mostly what types of instruments do you use for what surface and just regular clinical things that we need to focus on. Okay, I hope you're ready for this. I'm not sure that I am. <laughs> I'm kind of really tired, but all right. As far as instrumentation goes, we have, um, let's see, explorers, curettes, sickle scalers. We have um, ultrasonics, such as the Cavitron, piezo, and we have clock positions. I'm not really sure uh, of all this, what will be on there, but this is what I felt like was the most important stuff, so it made it to my paper. So just make sure that you do understand the handle is like where you hold the instrument. Um, the shank is down close to the tip, and then the working end is the actual tip of the instrument, so just know, know that. Explorers. An explorer aids through tactile sensitivity. They have flexible shanks and are circular in cross-section. And so I just, I have a little list here. I did put the dental mirror on here and what it's used for. It's used for retraction, uh, indirect illumination and transillumination. And with the dental mirror, we use the 1112 Explorer to assess the tooth anatomy and detect calculus, we choose the correct working end by sliding it between the teeth, and it should not wrap mesially, it should wrap distally. Then you'll flip it whenever you use it lingually, and that's how we use 1112. Number 23, well, the 2317 is like on the same instrument together, one's at one and one is at the other. 23 is the cow horn. Mainly used for caries detection in pits and grooves. Also to assess sealant retention and to examine the margins of restorations. 17 is the pointed end. is used subgingively to assess anterior root facial lingual labial surfaces on the facial lingual surfaces of posterior teeth. It is universal but not designed for root surfaces of posterior teeth. The tip is it a 90 degree angle to the lower shank and it's not a good use for detecting calculus where 1112 is for detecting calculus the 1723 is more for detecting caries so then we clean with a sickle scaler or a curette and we'll do scalers first sickle scalers so the working end has a pointed back a triangular cross-section, two cutting edges per working end, a pointed tip, the face is perpendicular to the lower shank, and is triangular in a cross-section. It is used supra-gingively only. And we have the C5, the H5, and the 204S, and that's just mainly what we used where I went to school. I'm sure I know there's so many more 
but this is like the main three that we used. So a C5 is, it has uh, two ends. There's an end called a hoe end. It's the lower end, and this is for stain removal. The other end is just like an H5, but it's a lot larger. An H5 is used on anterior teeth. The C5 we didn't really use very much. The H5 used on anterior teeth can only go one to three millimeters super subgingively. There's a large working end and it's a straight, simple shape. I use the H5 when I'm trying to get things off the anterior teeth and especially trying to get interproximal because it's just the perfect little tool to get in there. So next is uh, curettes. Curettes are for crowns and roots. The working end has a rounded back and toe and it is uh, semi-circular in cross-section. So you have two different types of curettes, the Gracie curettes and the Colombian curettes. The Colombian curettes are universal, uh, Colombian curette is universal. It's not self-angulated, so you have to angle it yourself. It has a rounded back and toe, a semi-circular cross-section, two cutting edges, a complex shank, has a thicker shank for removing heavy calculus, must be used, may be used on all teeth. After using this, use the Gracie curettes for going back and smoothing the root. The face has a 90 degree angle to the lower shank, and we call this Columbia Universal Curette a 1314. It is universal for heavy calculus on all tooth surfaces. Now we're gonna talk about the Gracie curettes. They are area specific, self-angulated. They have a rounded back, a rounded toe, semicircular cross section, a complex shank, one cutting edge, which is the lower edge. Uh, the face is tilted at a 70 degree angle, so one working end is always lower than the other. Um, so the types of curettes, you have a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, 8, and those are all used on the anterior teeth. A 9, 10 is used on premolars in the anterior teeth. Then you have a 13, 14, and a 17, 18 that are used on posterior teeth, dis distal only. Sliding it between two teeth, it should not wrap mesially, but it should wrap distally, and that's how you can tell if you're on the right surface or not, or right end or not. And then 11, 12, and 15, 16, they're used on posterior teeth, mesial and distal. I'm sorry, mesial and direct. Between two teeth, it should wrap mesially, but not distal. So the 13-14 and the 17-18 are used for posterior teeth distal only, where the 11-12 and 15-16 are used on posterior teeth mesial and direct surfaces only. Oh, so confusing. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about clock positions. For the right-handed clinician, I'm going to go from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock. 
So clock position, eight to nine o'clock. This is for anterior surfaces toward the clinician and posterior surfaces toward the clinician. Uh, 10 to 11 o'clock is for posterior surfaces away from the clinician. And 12 o'clock is for anterior surfaces away from the clinician. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about ultrasonics. Uh, ultrasonics use acoustic streaming. They disrupt the cell wall of bacteria. They kill microorganisms through cavitation. This causes shock waves that lyse bacteria cell walls. It is contraindicated in respiratory diseases such as COPD, asthma, also immunocompromised patients, uh, patients with communicable diseases such as TB, also patients with a gag reflex, porcelain restorations, demineralized areas, sensitive roots, uh, new teeth. It says new teeth are sensitive from or due to large pulps. And also uh, contraindicated for old pacemakers. So we have the two different kinds. We have a cavitron and a piezo. And again, this is not from a book. This is literally from my clinical course from my first semester in dental hygiene school. Um, the Cavitron has metal stacks in it. They convert electricity to movement. Heat is produced, therefore water is needed. The point has the highest power. The face has the second most power. The back, the third, and the sides have the least amount of power. The piezo uses ceramic discs, converts electricity to movement. Both the two sides of the tip are active. It is not as warm as a cavitron, so it does not require as much water. So that's all I have from my notes from school. I will look in the other book and see if there's anything. Okay, I did find something good that I should probably mention. Um, periodontal health is the absence of inflammation as assessed by no erythema or edema, separation, or bleeding on probing. Periodontal health should be attained in the least invasive and most cost-effective manner. Periodontal debridement and root planning. Periodontal debridement is the removal of all subgingival plaque, which is biofilm, and its byproducts slash endotoxins. Clinically detectable biofilm retentive factors such as calculus, cement, and overhangs, and detectable calculus embedded cementum to finish the root surface, um, root planning, during periodontal instrumentation while preserving tooth surfaces. Root, root planning is a procedure to remove cementum or surface dentum, dentin that is rough, impregnated with calculus, or contaminated with toxins or microorganisms. So you're just like shaving the root, um, but removing as little root structure as possible and returning the tooth and periodontal tissues to health. Oral irrigation is the flushing of water slash antimicrobial 
agents through the sulcus to remove and kill bacteria. I think that's it. Okay, so the last thing I'll talk about on here is just the Cavitron and the Piezo. Just some more information that was not on my notes sheet. Um, it's on my clinical binder note sheet. So you want to flush the water tubing on a Cavitron. Hold the handpiece over the sink. Step on the foot pedal to start the water flow. And flush it out for at least two minutes at the beginning of the day and 30, every 30 seconds between patients. Fill the handpiece with water. Lubricate the O-ring just with water. Put the insert in, adjust the water spray, which should be low unless, you know, the patient has really hard, thick calculus. And then uh, manage the handpiece cord because it might be out of control. Hopefully the ones outside of school are, the, are better than the ones inside of school. Always use a pre-procedural rinse to reduce bacteria in aerosols. Position patient in a supine position with head turned to side and tip downward. And make sure that you suck the fluid out of their mouth with the HVE. Um, the point or face of power instrument tip should not be directly adapted to the tooth. The back and lateral surfaces can be adapted and lateral surface is the most effective for tenacious calculus removal. Tip to tooth surface. Point and face are not adapted to the tooth surface. The back and lateral surfaces are recommended for deposit removal. Um, the transverse tip orientation is the length of back or lateral surface at a right angle to the long axis of the tooth. It's like a curate position. The vertical tip orientation is where the length of back or lateral surface is positioned in a similar manner to a probe. And when you use a Cavitron, you should um, always check your tips. Same with the piezo. So, yeah, I wish I would have put contraindications on this note page. That's what I was looking for. Um, a piezo ultrasonic, it, it says considerations are like the patient's sensitivity, ability to tolerate water spray, and there is contraindications on the piezo. Respiratory risk, such as emphysema, COPD, asthma, cystic fibrosis, and the patient's susceptibility to infection, communicable diseases, and microbial flora and aerosol spray risk. But just like with the Cavitron, you want to give them an antimicrobial mouth rinse before you get started. And it says, do not use on demineralized tooth surfaces, exposed dentin, gold, porcelain, ceramic, composite, or titanium implants. And the working end is the active portion of the tip. The piezo, uh, for the piezo, use only the sides of the tip, whereas Cavitron uses the sides back and face of the insert tip. But for this, the greatest in 
energy comes out of the toe of the tip. Use it directly only to break up large calculus deposits. Do not use directly on tooth surfaces. And the piezo has four power ranges, color-coded power settings. The green, there's green, yellow, blue, and orange. Green is for low power. Yellow is medium. Blue is high. And orange is very high. Um, and then safety cavitron. And piezo tips are very sharp. Turn the cavitron tip away from you face down when placing it in the docking station. And put a cotton roll or the wrench on it when the tip is not in use just for safety. And I believe that's it for the piezo. And just instrumentation in general it just wasn't a very long uh, subject. The only last thing I can think about is for implants, just avoid using metal instruments on them. And also, they say probe the implant, but really, you are not probing that implant for the same reason that we would probe around a tooth because there is no JE or junctional epithelium around an implant where there is around a tooth and that's how we are getting our probing depth reading is by measuring that into the JE. So it's really just to see uh, is the implant failing by looking to see if any pus comes out or if it's bleeding like crazy, stuff like that. It's really not for a probe reading per se. Okay, and then for the Cavitron, the metal stacks inside of it that converts electricity to movement, it's actually uh, magnetic os oscillations within the metal stack that helps with that. The tip moves in an elliptical motion with all the parts of the tip active. Heat is produced, so water is needed. The point has the highest power and should never be directed toward the tooth surface. And the piezo uses ceramic disc or quartz plates to convert electricity to movement. Tip moves in a linear pattern, and the two sides of the tip are active. Okay, that's it.